0: I am so glad to be back today. Over the last few weeks, I have been to three funerals, and I've seen a lot of people I haven't seen in a, in a long time, some of them 30 years. And the question that people asked uh, a lot of times, how you doing? I mean, they don't. We're, we're in the English language, we get sloppy. We don't say, how are you doing? Most time, we just say, how you doing? And so with that, I've been asked that question, and then it's followed up, I'm doing okay, and then it's followed up. Uh, For those who know I had cancer, maybe how's your health? Or how's your family? For those who knew Julie and the boys. Or uh, how's your church? For those who know that I'm a pastor. And these are the kinds of questions that we ask people when we haven't seen them in a while. How you doing? How's your family? How's your health? How's your work going? How are things going on in your life? And yet, really, when we think about it, especially within the church community, and I saw a lot of folks in the church world, that I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, They'll ask how the church is doing, how the numbers are running, how it's been since COVID, maybe how the finances are, all of those kinds of things. But I find it interesting that no one point blank asks anyone life's biggest question, and that is, how's your walk with Jesus? So this morning, after uh, taking a week of, of study and just really, uh, I spent a, a full day really just looking in my own life and, and examining and seeing where my heart is before the Lord. I, I spent a day doing sermon prep and, and some work on some other uh, areas of study. But there was a day uh, that, that I just really had to ask that question, how are you doing? How, how am I doing in my own spiritual life? And since it was a painful experience, I thought I would just share that with you as well, all right? Because I want to ask you the hard questions of life. I I, I understand that that sometimes we have to, to open up our life and ask some really hard questions. When you go to the doctor for a physical or for a checkup or maybe even because something's wrong, one of the things that the doctor does is he asks you a lot of questions, How's this? How's this? How you doing? How's this feel? Anything hurting? Anything I should know about? They're asking lots of questions. And so this morning, I really want to ask five questions about how is your walk with Jesus? And I will just tell you that, that this has kind of been a, a heart-opening and soul-searching time for me. And I pray that it will be for you. But this is what we know. Going in, this is what we know, that Jesus longs to have a deeper and closer relationship than probably we even do. I mean, you can have a heart longing for the Lord, but that does not compare to the heart of, of the Lord longing for that relationship for you to take, uh, your busy life and your schedule and all of your distractions and your temptation and take time with the Lord and to begin to think about how's your walk with Jesus. So take your Bibles this morning as we think about walking. John chapter 10, and we're going to pick up in verse number 27. John 10:27 Jesus is speaking and he says this My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish no one will snatch them out of my hand my Father who has given them to me is greater than all no one is able to snatch them Out of the Father's hand, I and the Father are one. And with that, let's pray together. Lord, in uh, your blessed name, in your gracious name, in your loving name, the name that uh, is above all, and yet you are absolutely accessible May we be challenged in our walk with you today. In your name, amen. I, I kind of break the, the year into two parts. First off, there's always the new year, the beginning of the year. That's always a new year and it's fresh and, and there's all that excitement with that. But long about this time of the year as well, there's always this newness as the students start to go back to school. This has just kind of been a, a, a you know, part of our, our life and is getting ready for school is almost the second new year because you are starting a new phase of life. And and with that, I, I think, man, this is a great time to ask some questions about our spiritual life. In John chapter 10, Jesus has shared that he is the the shepherd. He's sharing that he is the good shepherd. He gives the picture in John 10.10 10, that there is a thief who wants to, to, kill, to kill, to steal and destroy the sheep. But Jesus says in John 10:10, 10, 10, "But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly." And then in John 10:11, Jesus says, "I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep." And then in John 10:14, Jesus says, "I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by mine." There's the picture that Jesus, as the shepherd, has this sovereign ability and this keen understanding of everything that is going on in our life, and he knows where we are. He knows where we are physically, but he knows where we are spiritually and what's going on in the depths of our heart. Some of you today might find yourself amid uh, the difficulty and struggles of life. Maybe there's been some kind of physical challenge or family instance or something difficult, that's going on in your life right now. And man, you are laser focused on that challenge. And the Lord today reminds us that as the shepherd, we can cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And he wants to show himself to be the true shepherd of our life. And that is the one who has the attention of our life. So I wanna ask five questions this morning to think about our spiritual life. First off, the question is this, do I personally Know Jesus. Do I personally know Jesus? Jesus in John 10, 14 says, I know my sheep and am known by mine. And in John 10, 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Do I know Jesus personally? Do I have a personal relationship with Jesus? It's one thing to know stories about Jesus, to know uh, the, the character and content of, of what the Bible says about Jesus. And it is a far different reality to know Jesus personally. It is one thing to know about a shepherd. It's another thing to be a sheep and the Lord Jesus be your shepherd. And yet Jesus drives home that fact in John 10:14. Again as you look there at John 10:14 and you see that picture that Jesus knows his sheep and he is known by his. Now what is the job of the shepherd? As we think about a shepherd, a shepherd is to lead, a shepherd is to feed, a shepherd is to care for, and a shepherd is to protect. A shepherd leads, a shepherd feeds, a shepherd cares for when someone is sick or hurting or ill or has wondered, and then a shepherd protects. And those are the pictures that we see, not only of Jesus in John chapter 10, but we also see that picture in Psalm 23, where David cries out, the Lord is a shepherd, the Lord is the shepherd? No, he cries out to a, with a personal relationship with the Lord and says, the Lord is my shepherd. There is a far difference between knowing Jesus as a shepherd and the shepherd and knowing him as my shepherd. So the truth is, all of us are disqualified from the Lord being our shepherd because of our sin. We have all wondered, we've all done our own thing. We've all wandered off into a, a, a different flock, the flock of the world, the flock of the culture, the flock of the lusts of, of, of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. But here's the picture in John ten eleven, The Bible tells us that the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So that while we were sinners, 1 Corinthians 15 says, Christ died for us. We all have sinned, and because of that, we deserve punishment. But what happened is, is the good shepherd who protects us took that punishment upon himself when he died on the cross, and he rose again from the dead, and now offers us forgiveness and eternal life. That's the issue of saying, and the difference between saying, the Lord is a shepherd and the Lord is my shepherd. There's a far different, a a, a great difference there. And if you know the Lord as a shepherd, but you don't know him as my shepherd today, you need to come to a place of saying, Lord, I know I've sinned. I believe you died on the cross for my sin and rose again. And Jesus, I trust you alone as the only way of salvation. Those are the questions that we ask in the baptistry. And that's the object lesson that we give in the baptistry, that Jesus was alive, but he dies on the cross and he's buried and he rises again to new life. Many of you, I would trust, have this relationship with Jesus where you can say the Lord is my shepherd. So you do personally know him. So let's probe a little deeper then. Second question is this. Do you sincerely love Jesus? John chapter 15, verse number 13, we get a picture of why Jesus goes to the cross. He says, no greater love is this than one to lay down his life for a friend. Jesus has laid down his life for us. It says in John chapter 10 that he has given us eternal life. And what does God desire in return? What does the Lord desire in return but a love relationship? One of the books that I picked up over our study break is an old book, but now it's been revised, and it is the book Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. Many of you probably have memories of the uh, late 80s, early 90s, walking through experiencing God. And, And he asks or makes a very pointed statement in that book. And, the quest, and, and, and that, that, that quote that he says is, the most important thing about you is your love relationship with the Lord. The most important. Now, we, we can talk about a lot of other things that in ministry we often do. But, but I wonder, if we peel back everything, do you have a sincere love for Jesus? This is the great command. That you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The Lord would look at one of the churches in Revelation and he would make that statement. Look, you're doing lots of works and doing good things. But here's the issue. You've lost your first love. If our love relationship with the Lord is the most important and it is the greatest command, then not walking in the greatest command, could it really be the greatest sin? We would say, oh yeah, but it's not as bad as this. It's not as bad as this. It's not as bad as this. But you realize if we're doing what we're supposed to do and loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we won't be doing these things. Our first issue is our love relationship with the Lord. That is the most important aspect of our life. And so many times in Christian world, we don't want to ask that hard question. How's your walk with Jesus? Because we know down deep in our own hearts that that I could love Jesus more and 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 I, I know that, that there's room. And because we don't always feel like we're in that position where I'm perfect, I can't ask that question. But listen, we're not asking a question out of a condescension of saying, look, I'm better than you, I'm doing this more awesome than you, you don't love him as much as I do. No, we're asking this question to challenge all of us. And this is a question challenge with me. It's like Peter, when, when the, the Lord looks at him and says, do you love me more than these, Peter? Do you love me more than this? For us in ministry, it would be, do you love me more than being able to preach? And do you love me more than being able, able to, to, to impact and and hopefully touch some lives and, and have a building and and move forward? Do you love me more than all of this stuff and all of these people? Oh, then we can drive it home with our family. Do you love me more than these? Do you sincerely love? You know, I, I think one of the the biggest challenges of our life would be, what if we got to heaven and the Lord would say, Man, you taught Sunday school? Wonderful. You sung in the choir, great. You were able to preach. You, you played an instrument. You volunteered in, in preschool and nursery, and, and no one gave you thanks for that. And I commend you for all of that. The only challenge is, you did a lot, but you didn't really love me. Think about our life as parents, and most of you are parents or grandparents along the way. Would you rather have your child be a raging success and out of your life? Or would you rather just have them make a a living and have a relationship with you? Many of you are experiencing the heartbeat of a a strange child or a strange grandchild, and you can't describe the pain. And I wonder, how does the Lord's heart hurt when we're busy for him, but we're not loving him? That's a question I had to ask myself. Third question is this. Do you fully trust Jesus? Do you fully trust him? My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And then he uses those words. And they follow me. What kind of sheep follow? Sheep who trust. We, we love Psalm 23. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. We can dig that. We love to lay around in some green pastures now, right? But what happens when he doesn't just lead us beside the still waters, but when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death? Do we still trust him then? I mean, we like green pastures and we love to be led by still waters. But do we trust him in the valley of the shadow of death? Do do you trust him with your life? You you know, as we think about that, maybe there's some questions that we could ask to to show whether we really trust the Lord or not. And again, I ask these questions not in any kind of condescending way, but I ask them in a a real way that just has kind of driven me to my knees this week as a fellow struggler, okay? So understand, I'm not saying I have the answer to all these things, but I'm saying there are some questions that can test whether we fully trust him or not. And the first one is, in Psalm 23, when he says that I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Maybe that first question is, is are you anxious and fearful? I'm so glad we sang because he lives today. I can face Tomorrow. Some of you are are concerned about a lot of things you just can't control. We can't control inflation. We can't control uh, recession. We can't control any of those kinds of things. But we have one who is above all of those things. And yet we find ourselves. are you anxious? Are you fearful? What about the question... Have you ever told the Lord no when he asked you to do something that's uncomfortable? Out of your comfort zone? Have you just thought, Lord, you know, man, I, 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 I like the green pastures and the still waters, but Lord, don't lead me across the, the, the neighborhood to, someone who doesn't know Jesus and don't lead me across the nations and Lord, don't ask me to teach a class and Lord, don't ask me to get up in front of people and Lord, don't ask me to serve and, and, and for some of you, Lord, don't even ask me to come. I mean, you know, my kids got a lot of things going. Do you fully trust Jesus? What about this question? Are you holding on to anything in your life right now? In the area of sinfulness that you need to let go of. Bitterness. Unforgiveness. Resentment. Anything that you need to let go of in your life that you're holding on to. But you think, you know, that person hurt me. That, that person scarred me. And Lord, I don't, I don't want to let go of that. That'll give the picture that they're off scot-free. And yet, the Lord says, be kind one to another, tenderhearted and forgiving. Some tough questions to ask. Some, Some challenging questions along the way on my trust of the Lord. We could ask some, some questions as well, uh, dealing with, with all kinds of, of spiritual areas and service and giving and, and, and our attitude and, and thought toward the Lord, but you get the picture. Are you at a place, and am I at a place, where I can say, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they Follow me. Where is he leading you today? And I don't know if you have recognized or realized this before, but if you look at any character in the New Testament or Old Testament, the Lord didn't just lead to green pastures and still waters. The Lord led everyone to this moment where there would be a crisis of their faith and ask, they would have to ask the question, do I really trust the Lord or am I really turning back and going to say no? Sometimes the hardest is when we deal with our children or our grandchildren. Do I fully trust Jesus That he'll see my grandchild who's three years old. We don't know what kind of world they're going to live in. Do I really trust that Jesus can be strong enough for them? Am I going to worry about them when they head off to school? Am I going to be anxious about my kids if the Lord calls them into ministry or missions or picks them up and moves them to a job somewhere else because the Lord has somewhere else for mission to go on and a life to be touched in a cubicle next to somebody in a different city in a different state but Lord you know I, I want my kids close yeah that's not your call and what we amazingly find is one of the greatest hindrances for those who want to go off serve the Lord overseas in international missions is parents who won't let go. But then we as parents some of us in that sandwich time where we still have kids and we have parents we have to ask the question do we trust the Lord with our parents? Some of you you know you're not as healthy and steady as you were and your kids are wondering what to do and how to do it and what decisions to make, and can we really bring that to the Lord and say, Lord, you love my kids, you love my parents, you love these people around me far more than I ever could, and Lord, I trust you. Again, please understand, I sure don't have all the answers. I just want to be the messenger that asks some hard questions. Fourth question, are you faithfully serving the Lord? It's interesting how the Lord uh, puts us in, in a flock, my sheep. He, he gives the, the picture that there's, there's, there's a bunch of us, that we're in this together. And that sheep are to come to the aid and work and help of other sheep. That's why the Lord gives us spiritual gifts. That's why the, the Lord leaves us here. Notice what he says down in verse number 29. I give unto them eternal life and they will never perish. Verse 28, 29. He gives us eternal life. So if the Lord gives us eternal life, why is it at that moment when we say, Jesus, I trust you, he doesn't just take us to heaven. Because there's work to be done. There are others that need to hear that there is a good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. There are others who need to be impacted with the gospel. There are others that need to be ministered to and encouraged. That's part of the reason the Lord leaves us here, so that you're here for a reason. This is not a a divine accident. This is not an oops. This is a, a genuine picture of the Lord fully in control, leaving us here for his purpose. And we may not even understand what that is, and we may not understand what that means and what that is until we get to heaven, but we're called right now to faithfully be at the helm of doing some kind of work. Are you praying for others in intercession? Are you uh, serving and ministering maybe in your Bible study class? Maybe you're not a, you're, you're not a teacher. That's not your spiritual gifting. And, but this person over here is sick and you know how to make something in the kitchen now. You know how to get on your knees before the Lord and, and pray for them. You know how to crank up a lawnmower or to hop on your John Deere and turn the key over and cut grass. See, there, it's not just these, these uh, public uh, uh, things that, that take uh, place in, in a public eye, but so much service goes on in the quiet places behind the scenes. Are you faithfully serving? Again, can you hold a baby? Rock a baby? Listen to a six-year-old share a memory verse? Are you faithfully serving? You You know what we find? You know what we find through these questions? To know him is to love him. And to love him is to trust him. And to trust him is to serve him. See, when we know him and we love him. And we want to trust him. And we want to serve him. Fourth question is this. Are you ready? Are you prepared to meet Jesus? Presently, right now, here, now. Are you prepared to meet him? He says, and I give unto them eternal life. The joy of knowing Jesus as our shepherd is not that, that we, uh, is not only that we get to walk through life and know that he's there and he guides us and he leads us through scripture, through speaking to us by the spirit. But the real issue that we see is that he also will shepherd us until we come home those that the lord loves he takes good care of and so when we cross from that moment from life to eternal life we know that we'll see jesus when i was in the fifth grade my teacher used to give rewards of candy if you did you made an a on a spelling test he might give you a jawbreaker or a piece of gum But when you did something really outstanding, maybe it was like the quarterly spelling test where he would take all of your words from the quarter. And if you did really well on that test, then he would have a candy jar and he'd let you go and he would let you put your hand in and everything that you could hold with your hand like this and make it to your desk, you would get to keep. It was always fun. It was fun to see. It was fun, even more fun to experience, all right? But uh, notice what the Lord says. I give unto them eternal life and they'll never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. For my father, which gave them to me is greater than all and no one can pluck them out of his hand. If you know Jesus, he's got you. He's got a hold of you. But I I don't necessarily just ask for that reason. I, I really want to ask for that question on, are you prepared to meet Jesus for another reason as well? Not just to assure and affirm you that, man, the Lord, once he gets hold, he's not going to let go. You're going to make it to the desk. You're going to make it to eternity. It's going to be okay. But to ask this question before you step into eternity, is there anything you need to do? One of my best friends died when he was in high, uh, his dad died when he was in high school and he asked me the question, buddy, has your dad ever told you that he loved you? My answer was, oh man, you know your dad loved you. But he said, I never heard it. Is there somebody that you need to affirm and love today? Is there someone you need to forgive today? Is there someone that you need to reach out to today? Yeah, you're prepared to meet Jesus. Yes, spiritually you're you're going to go to heaven. But is there any unfinished business while you're here on earth? The last month I buried my pastor, I, you know, I watched him and and there at the the uh Funeral, my pastor who was eighty-six, fellow staff member at First Baptist Church of Arnold, a guy I loved and have known since he was in elementary school. At forty-four, stepped into eternity. And then, right before I left for my study break, one of the guys in my class, class of nineteen eighty-six from Fox High School. And I went to church with him at age 54 died. And it just reminded me again as I, as I had that visitation and then went off to my study break just to think, listen, there are no guarantees. 44, 54, 86, there are no guarantees. So is there anything that I need to do here and now before I meet Jesus is there anyone who's going to have that hole in their heart and ask that question? Did your grandma, did your grandpa, did your uncle ever say he loved you? Did they ever extend that forgiveness? Did you ever reconcile that relationship? Did you ever get that wrong right? Are you prepared to meet Jesus today? Hard questions. Next week, we'll be back at the attitudes, and we'll talk about being persecuted. And for many of you, talking about being persecuted, it's a lot easier than talking about this because this is very personal. So I want to ask you, how's your walk with Jesus? Do you love him? Do you trust him? Are you serving him? Are you ready to meet him? That's the questions for believers. If you don't know that you know Jesus today, the real question is this. Do you know him? With that, let's bow our head and close our eyes. Again, this is a little bit different message today and Honestly, you can do one of two things. You can sit in your pew like Teflon and let nothing stick to you. Or you can ask these hard questions of yourself. And you say, buddy, this isn't right, this isn't right. Can I tell you, just in a word of grace and love and mercy, Jesus says, come to me. I've asked some hard questions, but I ask the hard questions because I want you to bask in the grace and the glory of who he is. Experience the forgiveness that he offers. Experience that, that new reconciliation and that new fellowship and that new freshness. And the joy is, is that we can come to him at any place, at any time, with any issue, And no, he cares, he loves us, he forgives us, and he offers grace. So I don't say this, and I've not asked these questions because God's mad at you today. Because you look at your life and you don't feel like you measure up. And can I tell you, none of us measure up. I say and ask these questions today so you'll lean in to the one who would rather love you and go to the cross for you than live without you. And if he's going to live with you for all eternity, can't he live and experience, and can't you uh, experience that fullness of fellowship and relationship with him now? So with fresh eyes, I pray that your heart would be open to a gracious savior who wants you to know him so that you'll love him. And trust him. And serve him. And at that moment that you'll meet him, you'll hear those words, well done. Not just my servant, but my son. My daughter. Welcome Oh, Jesus, I pray that you take these next moments, speak and move in our hearts. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. I'm gonna ask you to stand and as you stand and we have a a time of, of David leading us in a moment of reflection. Some of you today, the Lord has spoken to you because he loves you. He wants to work in your life. He wants you to walk in the freshness of that relationship with him. Maybe there are some things that you just need to lift up to him Maybe there's some sins that need to be confessed, some, some priorities that need to be turned from. But Jesus says in John 10, ten I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Do you have the abundant life in fellowship with him? That's what he longs for you to have. As David leads, maybe you don't even need to, to sing today. You just maybe need to right where you are, just pray. You want to use these steps or just even sit on the front pew just as a time to pray? If God's speaking to you, what what is that step that, that you need to take next? Would you ask him? And then you'll find him with arms wide open saying, Come on, man, let's let's walk this together.